to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast. Laura and I are super excited today, as always, because we're going to be bringing you a topic today around art biz strategy. So we're going to be zooming out and helping you to zoom out so that you can dive on in and make some good decisions for the future. How's that? That sounds great. So this episode is building on the conversation from previously from episode 40, and it's five ingredients to turn your hobby into an art business. So we're going back and we're going to talk a bit more in depth about strategy and how it can be a useful tool for emerging artists and people in their art business that are wanting to sort of look at the big picture and figure things out and maybe even like carve a new path because we did want to talk about the current climate as well and touch on that subject in terms of art sales. Maybe people are seeing a decline in their original art sales. So I think that's sort of important to intertwine into this conversation. What do you think, Rose? Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, looking at your art business, no matter how small, no matter how far advanced you are, or whether you're in that beginning stages, it's really important to look at the broader picture of your art business and what you're trying to build and trying to build it to suit your lifestyle and suit who you are and suit the future that you want to have for yourself. So rather than just sort of following opportunities, which I think is what I did a lot at the start, did you do that as well when you first started out? What do you mean? Just sort of saying yes to things and just sort of following your nose and just saying yes to different things rather than thinking, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on is this aligned with where I want to go? Yes. But I was also much younger then. (laughs) (laughs) There is that. There is that. And also sometimes, to be fair, sometimes you do have to try something to see if it is something that you want to do more of. Anyway, I've leapt ahead here. We like to first talk about the topic, don't we, and why it's important and who this episode is for, et cetera. So do you want to explain more around that one, Laura? Well, I guess people that are wanting to grow their art business they want to expand, they want to take their art seriously and have a professional career as artist and a creative person. And they, this episode will probably help them to make some decisions and gain some clarity. And I'm imagining like who this episode is for, possibly emerging artists that are starting out, but then also maybe people that are needing a redirect. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds about right. And maybe yes, people like me who just want to say <laughs> say yes to everything and they're like, then and they need a reminder to stay on track. <laughs> We're just before we hit record, actually, I was just saying to Laura that I've been asked to do a children's birthday party, like an art birthday party. I'm like, what do you think, Laura? Should I say yes? <laughs> anyway, you had some advice. Well, that was one of the things that I said yes to at the start. I was doing kids things and yeah, at the art gallery, we had uh, large groups of kids for the school holiday program. And by doing that, and I did numerous workshops, uh, I learned that 
I don't like teaching kids workshops. I'd rather teach adults. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And you, le- you learn through that. And I think also sometimes just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do that. That's the other thing because, Laura, you're amazing with kids and you're amazing with art. So the combination just makes sense. And the kids would have loved it and would have loved spending time with you. And then the parents would have loved seeing, seeing the kids having the best time of their lives. So, you know, like it could work, but just because you're good at it doesn't necessarily mean that's what you should be doing. So, yeah, so that's what our chat today is about. So you've shared who this episode is for and have we talked about why it's important to look at the strategy? I feel like we have. Tell me why, Roz, why would it be important for people to clarify their direction and have a strategy in place? It's mainly around that alignment so that you're building a business that you want to have and not getting yourself into a situation where you have a business that just does not work for you. And it helps you to make those smaller decisions along the way so that you can be making those steps towards where you want to go. Totally feel like this episode is for me of the past, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that starting with that big picture vision and imagining that lifestyle factor, how it fits into the rest of your life, like starting with that as, you know, as your guide. a way to... Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, you know, trying to look a little bit into the future, especially around family life, things like that. So if you're hoping to have children or if you have young children, but they'll be in high school and doing their own thing sort of thing in five years time, what's life going to look like then? Actually, I'm thinking of Kate Quinn right now because I think her kiddos are in high school. And so when the kids change, your your art business can change and evolve and shift. So just keeping all of that in mind, the bigger, you know, your family life and the stages and where you will be at in that, that, at that five-year marker. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, when you're making those decisions too, nothing's set in stone as well. So things can twist and turn and you can reassess, but it's also good to have some time to sit and reflect and really think about what direction you want to go in. And you might be looking at other artists and other people that have a business model that is really attractive to you. But then it's also like, I mean, it's nice to sort of watch people and sort of create a picture in your mind of their success. But does that sort of business model fit within your current lifestyle? And it's good to like sit down and really think about whether it is a good fit or not and whether that is the path that you want to pursue. Yeah, because you know what's coming up for me as you talk about that is comparisonitis and the, you know, that sort of space where you see all these other people doing these amazing things and you might feel jealous, you might feel sort of anxious, you might feel on edge, you might feel like you're not achieving or you might feel all of these sorts of things or you want to do that and then you want to do that and then you want to do that and then really what you need to do is stop. (laughs) Notice all of that. But then come back down to, okay, all right, cool. So there's so many options out there. There's so many things that can be done. But what am I building and why am I building that? And does that suit my lifestyle and my situation? And it it just really helps with that comparisonitis because I think especially for artists and especially if you're on social media, Instagram in particular, it's pretty in your face, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Hello, hello, it's Roz here. I just had to interrupt our episode to let you know about my free Facebook community for creatives. 
Yes, yes, I know it's on Facebook and Facebook does have its downsides, but it is a great way to meet other creatives and join communities of like-minded people. So if you would like to join our group, you are so incredibly welcome and we cannot wait to meet you. Come and search for us under Permission to Paint Free Community. See you there. So practical tips for people that are wanting to carve out that big picture vision. Would you suggest Pinterest boards? Would you suggest uh, mood boards or vision boards, journaling, official business plan? What sort of things? For me, I'm journaling. I recommend journaling over anything else. And actually, I'm a visual person, funnily enough, but it helps me, writing helps me to get my head together. So I find that is more, um, what's the word? More fruitful, <laughs> more, <laughs> more efficient. Um, it just, it gets more of an outcome for me personally. So that might work for our listeners. But then vision boards as well are a great other avenue. And you do a lot of vision board work, Laura. I want you to teach me. Tell me, how do you do your vision boards? They sort of change over the years, but then I've got some things that have carried on from year to the year. Like I don't do them every year. I, I just sort of change it when I feel like it needs a bit of a change and I have time to sort of sit and reflect and pull out images and things like that. But I use magazines and... I rip really interesting things out that will represent the things that I'd like to bring into my life. And it's a whole picture. So it's not just based on my art business. So I've got my creative lifestyle, the sort of studio that I would like to have, my physical environment, and then lifestyle aspects around like food, fitness, lifestyle, and then other sort of personal things that I would like to bring into my life. I rip out words or headlines as well. And empowering words, sometimes I print out words, specific words to add onto the vision board. And I've got one that's quite large that sits in my art studio. It depends. You could do like a small one on a piece of cardboard as well. It doesn't matter what you do. I think it's more about sitting down, setting those intentions, writing down you know, different aspects of your life that you would like to improve and you'd like to see come to fruition. I can't pronounce that word. Fruition. That's it. Fruition. Fruition. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Got tongue tied there. And really, I think in the creation of your vision board, as as you're sharing all of that, it's the process that matters because you're forced to get your head together And you're forced to look at all these other artists doing their own things and other people doing their own things in terms of their lifestyle. And you're forced to ask yourself, okay, good, there's options, but what do I want? So I really like that. The other thing that popped out for me, two things that when you were chatting before is one, that you change your vision board, you let it change. That is really important. Some people I think get really set and locked in. So I think that's gorgeous. And then the other one is that it includes your whole life because you are a whole person. You're not just art. There's other aspects that make you. I really love that. Now, I have another question for you about vision boards though. Do you, because I heard this concept somewhere in the ether recently, do you create your vision board for like five years, 10 years, or do you include in your vision board smaller, shorter term things as well? Like, is it really big? you know, big future stuff? Yeah, so it's two to three years, I guess, some of them. Yeah, I guess some smaller short-term things. Yeah, with the health and lifestyle, 
I'd say that that would be shorter term. Just a little. Just a little. I just think it came to mind. Okay, gorgeous. So we've shared some ideas around journaling and then also vision boards, just to get a picture of the whole sort of picture of the whole picture. Can I add one more thing that I found that's really helpful for me? Talking to a trusted friend and one of my community members in like in my art business community. So yeah, someone that knows you really well, someone that is your believing mirror and someone that just really gets you and then talking about the sort of big picture things that you want to bring in. Sometimes they can identify if it's sort of like an egoic sort of trait and maybe something that might not be suited for your current lifestyle. And, you know, you're sort of talking about, I'd really like to do this. And, you know, sometimes if you do have a really good friend, they might be able to sort of identify saying that, you know, do you think that that's a good thing for now? Yeah, I've had that a couple of times. I I can't remember how many years ago, but probably five years ago or something like that. I was wanting to get back into my art, my painting. And I'm like, you know what I really miss? I really miss being at art school and then having that co-working environment. And then I was talking about wanting to like start up this whole creative artist hub, hiring like this big space, having little artist studios. And then we all like work independently, but then we've got like, you know, this communal like co-working thing. And then, yeah, my friend Steph's like, oh, do you really think that, like, do you want to do that? Like, do you want to spend your next three or four years dedicating to creating a space for that? Or do you want your own studio and do you want to work on your own art and have that space? Like, you'll be serving others and it'll be, it might not be the perfect match. And I'm so glad I didn't pursue that. <laughs> so it is, it is really good to have those people, isn't it, that you can sort of lean on and sort of chat about ideas and they can sort of mirror back certain things but also give you insights that you might not be sort of seeing at that time. I think also it's important to be careful who you ask because I feel like there's probably some sort of subconscious level when you choose who you're going to talk with. So if I choose a certain person to talk with, I think on a subconscious level, I know they're going to tell me that that's the worst idea ever. Or I'll go and talk to someone else and I know that they're going to say, yes, Ros, do it because I went to them subconsciously because I wanted a yes, because I wanted to do that thing. So I just think it's interesting to think about who you're talking to and sort of observe why you chose them as opposed to someone else in your beautiful community. Just a curiosity. So I'd probably say once we've carved out that vision, you've done some journaling, maybe you've decided that a vision board, it sounds like a really fun project. Then I guess like researching the specific type of art business that you want to step into. And we've done a previous episode on this called From Starving Artist to Making an Income from Your Art. And that's episode 30. And we sort of go through the different types of artists that you can be, whether it's making commercial art and sort of different avenues that you can take in terms of going into fine art galleries, going into retail galleries, choosing to self-represent. And then we even talked about like a hybrid model, which is a combination of self-representation and self-patronage. 
So self-patronage probably should dive into that a little bit more, which is finding a way to fund your art practice, whether that's getting a second job, having a very supportive partner that can financially support you as well. Yeah. Or just having an income stream in your art business that helps to to fund your creative business. Yeah. And just being okay with the fact that that self-patronage section or option might include a day job. And that is completely fine. So I think there is this belief, and I had it as well, that if you're an artist, you don't have a day job. All you do is your art, or that is art is your day job, but it's okay to have a day job that funds your art. And in in a way, it's a positive thing as well because it puts less pressure on your art to deliver and therefore more magic, I personally think, can happen within your actual art practice. I did want to share as well that I do have a download around these different income models as well. I can't remember the link. I'll put it <laughs> down in the show notes. And it takes you through all those different options for how to make income from your art in regards to the business model options available to you. Oh, that will be really helpful. I think we should talk about the current climate and the effect that that has on original art sales. Did you want to? touch on that topic? Yeah, definitely. So here in Australia, we've been having a lot of interest rate rises, which has made cost of living increase. And so because of that, there's been a lot of pressure on a lot of people across Australia financially. And so that has impacted art sales and original sales in particular, I've noticed are sort of dropping. And that is the reality of the situation right now, in my opinion, and I'm not a, an economist, I've not studied anything financial like that, but it won't remain this way. We're going through a difficult period at the moment. And for me, what this does is in my mind, it goes ding, 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 multiple income streams, people get that going because what that's going to do is it's going to help you to even out your cash flow at times like this. So if you can do some teaching, if you can have instant downloads of your artworks on your website. If you can have other options going, it's going to carry you through times like this. And there will be another time like this. So we're having a difficult time right now, but in five years time or 10 years time, we're going to have another version of this. It's life, right? Ups and downs and all of that. So if you want an art business that's going to last, in my opinion, and open to debate, you need these multiple income streams. It's just I think it's just smart personally. What do you think? Yep, totally agree. I totally agree. And I think some artists that really did quite well at the start of COVID and they had a big boom in art sales because people were locked down, they were probably stressed and they were wanting to do some retail therapy to make them feel better and they were in their homes looking at their blank walls and they're like, I want to invest in some really beautiful art to make me feel really good. So, you know, momentum picked up for a lot of artists. And then now with all of the interest rate rises, rises cost of living, it the, the market is dwindling. And we've heard it from multiple people. And having your own business is all about reassessing and trying something new. And there's no harm in trying something new and testing the waters. Even thinking about your pricing structure as well and maybe really introducing some lower price 
really affordable options for people. And you might be surprised that the the lower end of the scale, like you might be able to make like a good amount of money from prints or gift cards or like tiny, small, original artworks on paper. There are things that you can do to sort of shift things around in, in your art business if you're not seeing sale, like getting, you're not getting the bigger commissions or you're not getting sort of, you're not selling your large scale paintings. Yeah. I've sort of writing down some ideas as you were chatting as well. So looking at sort of smaller low cost artworks, like you're saying, it's sort of, I think they call it the lipstick effect or lipstick something. So, you know, during the, um, oh my gosh, what is wrong with my brain? You know, when the economy was really bad in the twenties recession. Yes. During the major one (laughs) in the twenties, there was the, this lipstick sort of concept where the, all the women would still go out and buy lipstick because it only cost at the time probably, I don't know, $5, $10 then. But it's a little thing to pep them up, make them feel good and lift the mood despite everything else being a little bit yuck at the time. So smaller, lower-cost artworks like you were suggesting are a good way to do it. Ways of pepping other people up as well. So even having your artworks with affirmations or inspirational quotes looking at well-being of other people as well. So maybe running your own workshop online. It does not have to be perfect. Uh, Do not go for that perfection model, but grabbing some friends together, getting them to pay you $10 or something to do an art workshop with them over Zoom or even in person, but however you want to do it, but thinking about well-being of others. Other way, other idea I wrote down as well was happy art mail. Like, wouldn't that be really cute if you could buy for a friend that was having a hard time, you could buy them a little artwork, just like a postcard size that you would mail for them with a little love note off to that person. You know, there's, there are ideas if you can open your mind to think about how people are feeling at the moment and how your art can make a difference in their space. Yeah, that's awesome. Another thing, maybe if you've thought about exploring your work on products, that it might be a good time. Like this is a good opportunity. If that's sort of been in the back of your mind, thinking about how you could turn your art into like onto apparel, onto tea towels, onto aprons, onto tablecloths, onto earrings, gift wrap. There's a myriad of different things and ways that you could explore that. That might be another good avenue to look at extra income strength. Earrings are 100% my pet me up. Like, Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So if everything's bad and I'm, I, would, I will still buy a pair of earrings because it'll make me, you know, give me a little bit of a pet. Yeah. So I guess that was the next step. It's sort of that researching, figuring out the type of art business that you might want to step into, but then also keeping it fluid and it flexible and just trying out new things. And then, yeah, we we talked about the income stream. Do you have any, like, I know you could talk on that topic for ages, Roz. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Style and income streams, get me going. <laughs> Did you want to dive in at, like a bit deeper, like to the workshop model? Or do you find that there's any other helpful things that people can look at when they're looking at their income streams? Oh my goodness. Yes. So I actually did a workshop on this, which was a live webinar masterclass thing in my winger, where I took everyone through how to make art, how to make art from their income. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) How to make income from their art. And I took them through all the different income stream options. So yeah, definitely can chat about that. 
I do actually run that workshop as well on occasion throughout the year. So if you do want to sign up for that, it's completely free. Just head over to my website and you'll find the relevant links. But my brain has to remember my beautiful spreadsheet thingy that I showed everyone. So we have, what do we have? You're going to have to help me add to it. Okay, you ready? We've got originals. We had fine art prints. And within fine art prints, you could do things like what we have. We had open edition. You'll know all about this one. Limited edition. You could even do the hand embellish prints as well. And then you also have in there the print on demand option. So you can, you've got to decide as well with prints. We, we won't, we could do a whole episode just on prints. I know. You're going <laughs> really in depth here. I know, I know, I know. Sorry. So you could do, you, you need to think about whether you're going to outsource the printing, whether you're going to do it yourself or whether you're going to like the other option is the whole print and demand totally outsource it. You don't even see anything, nothing. Don't do any packaging, nothing. Okay. Anyway, so we have originals, fine art prints. I'm trying to remember what else was on there. There was teaching and teaching can be online. It can be in person and it can also be sort of pre-recorded, which is really courses and things like that. And it's good to think about scalability, but I, I can't get into too much detail, but it's good to think about scalability. So if, for example, if you teach one-on-one in person, you have to be there and there's no scalability there. But if you teach online via Zoom, there is scalability, right? It, it does depend on your time. You still have to be there, but you can have more people in the room. So it's a good thing to think about that scalability Now I'm trying to remember what else was on there. Digital products. So there was digital downloads is another option. What else would you add? I've got to turn on my brain. I feel like people just need to watch your masterclass. (laughs) I mean, you can do that. (laughs) I think at this point, I only run it live. So you have to be like on my mailing list basically to find out when I'm doing that next. Did you want to tell people how to get there, your website? all of that sort of stuff. And we'll put it in the show notes as well. Okay. Yeah, no, that sounds good. So um, yeah, no, that's such an Australianism, isn't it? Well, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. So my website is permissiontopaint.co. And then I believe the Money Masterclass, if you want to register for the next one, whenever that is, is it's permissiontopaint.co stroke money. And then you can hop on the wait list and I'll let you know when the next one is on. But yeah, it got good reviews, so it will actually help you. I'm into actually helping people, <laughs> not, you know, not not a bit of fluff. Yeah, amazing. All right, cool. So yeah, if you really want to dive in deeper and like get some more info and research into all the different avenues, definitely get on Roz's email list and get notified when that's coming up. I just wanted to say a side note as well. So we are breaking down that five-step process. But uh, the next two, goal setting and mentoring. So that's like, listen ahead (laughs) when when we record it and release it in the future. That's what's coming up. So I guess this episode is all about clarifying, visioning, researching, and then the next steps are to follow. Definitely. And the key point here that we want you all to take away is that it is really important. It is absolutely essential for you to step back and to look at your broader business strategy so that you're moving in the right direction. That said, we also would like you to have an open mind around in trying different options, especially in the current climate, trying different options and inclusions of income streams in your business, but keeping sure, making sure that that is still aligned with you. So it's got to go all hand in hand. 
So that's our current takeaways for you. There's a couple of things that you can grab as well. What did we say? We said, listen to episode 30 to learn more about making money from your art. We also said to go and get the download around the different types of art business models available to you. Pop your name on the wait list for the Money Masterclass if you're keen. And also, if you would like to listen to the episode that takes you through all the different parts that you need in order to turn your hobby into an art business, go and listen to episode 40 as well. That would just give you the broader picture so you understand how the strategy sort of fits into the whole thing. Amazing. You covered over all of it. I was just listening and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <Thank> good. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. That was a good chat. I hope it was helpful. Yeah, it was a really good chat. And if you have any questions, if this episode, like you want us to dive deeper into certain aspects, I think that would be really useful and uh, let us know. So if you enjoyed listening to the episode today, make sure you do leave us a review because it helps us to reach even more creative. So you can either do that on Spotify by doing a five-star review. We already have, we already are rated as five stars and I believe we checked this morning, yay. And we have 20 reviews. So if you can help us to build that number, that would really help us to help more people. And then if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a written review over there and leave us your Instagram handle as well if you are an artist so that we can give you a big shout out and promote you on our episodes. We're getting awesome listenership, guys. So if you do want a shout out, definitely go and do that because we'll get your name out there and hopefully get you a couple more follows as well. Awesome. It was really good to connect with you, Roz, as always. no, you're making me emotional. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.